and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show in the Sales Chat Show studio. Mr. Phil Jessen, Mr. Graham Jones and the untitled Simon Hazeldean here. Our episode today is called In the Sales World of the Future, You Need to Focus on the Small Things. And Mr. Jessen, you are going to kick us off. Mr. Jessen sitting here resplendent in his attractive Hawaiian shirt, just to, just to paint a little bit of it, and his suntan from his holiday in Turkey. Over to you, Mr. Suntanned sales chat show person to position the episode. Well, that's lost half the audience. Time. <laughs> uh, yes, let me let me kick off with this um, uh, little theory of mine that, um, you know, in the world of the future, as you rightly say, uh, I think it is going to be tough for many sales teams and many sales directors. Uh, and maybe gone are those days where... 30-40% growth year on year was achievable. So uh, let's have a look at the alternative to that, which is lots of small improvements, some small things, you might say. Um, and, the, and the story uh, that I just like to tell, um, although it's uh, some years ago, I think it is very relevant to today's world. Uh, this is a chief executive I worked with, uh, where he basically said, uh, to the team, which included uh, marketing people as well as salespeople, incidentally, he said, right, li listen up, this is our plan for the future. Um, and the scenario at that time was one of the sort of economic dips, not dissimilar to the economic dip that we're facing now, which is why I think it's relevant. So we basically said what we need to do is to have a 5% higher profile in the marketplace, leading to 5% more inquiries, leading to 5% more quotations, proposals and presentations. And if we do that effectively, we'll end up with 5% more customers, hopefully coming on board 5% quicker. So the customers are now on board. And then he said, and now what we want them to do is to buy 5% more products and services, 5% more frequently for 5% higher price than they're paying at the moment. And what that will also do, if we get it right, is it will result in increased loyalty and 5% better customer retention. And happy stories will be everywhere, which means that we'll probably get 5% more referrals and testimonials thereafter. That was basically the message that he released. Um, but prior to releasing that message, he also asked his firm of accountants to juggle the numbers, looking at the figures within that particular business. And back came the accountancy firm uh, and said to the chief executive, well, we can say quite confidently that if you do that, if your team does that, and all of those numbers are going to be hit, you can confidently look forward to 
175 to 225% improvement in your bottom line. So that was the storyline. So yes, 5% sounds a small number, but of course, 5% across a whole number of different KPIs, all working at the same time, can of course produce a massive effect. And I guess in sporting terms, it's not dissimilar, is it, to what we've seen here in the UK, in the swimming team, the cycling team, the rowing team, where the emphasis has been on marginal improvements across all of the key parts of the storyline for those athletes. Yeah, that kind of 1%. 1%. Excuse me, the 1% principle is sometimes described that, isn't it? Which, you know, is a is a is a is a doable one. I guess my only my only reservation about your example, Phil, is there were actually quite a lot of areas that the chief executive was looking for a five percent increase. And um you know, it's just made me reflect that I've been I've been interviewing a number of sort of leaders, senior leaders in sales and marketing recently, and a very common theme was them talking about focusing and and three to five things seems to be the the number that most so choose the the focus areas very very closely and keep them tight because it's really hard for people to focus on you know multiple multiple kind of. KPIs or, or targets yeah. or things, and you've got to <clears throat> got to kind of make a decision, Mister Jones. From your psychology perspective, what's your what's your thinking and insight into this? I think one of the problems that many um, people have is that you know you've got all these things to do at work, kind of thing. You're trying to improve sales, and there are 28 different ways you could do it. Mm. And so actually you can't concentrate. So you you will do a little bit of number one, a little bit of number two. Somebody will remind you you haven't even looked yet at number 28 on the list. And so you end up being a bit of a butterfly. You end up going from, you know, task to task, idea to idea, because um, you're trying to concentrate on that massive big picture. But actually, if you concentrate on just one or two of those things, You'll make improvements in those, embed those improvements in, and then you can move on to the next two or three. And so if you take it on a almost a step-by-step basis, then actually it's much easier for us to grasp because we know we've only got these two or three things to do. Um, so you focus on those small things rather than the big picture because they are part of the big picture. It's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle, really, isn't it? You don't do the whole jigsaw puzzle in one go unless it's, you know, in a box marked for age two to four or something, you know, and you've only got six pieces. But, you you know, you've got a thousand-piece jigsaw. You are going to concentrate on little bits at a time mm-hmm. and then gradually build up the whole picture. And it's just the same as, Phil. you know, if Phil's talking about, you know, how we might improve, you know, different aspects of performance. If we concentrate on a few things, we can find it much easier. Our brain likes to compartmentalise things finds it much easier to work if we do things in discrete little compartments. We can concentrate, we can focus. We can actually, we're better at it when we do that. So trying to do all the things that you've all agreed need to be done to improve sales. Actually, if you do that, you'll be back where you were a year before going, we need to do these 28 things. So the question done is, any which, of them. which things need to be done first yeah. and focused on until until they be 
until they bear fruit. And I think you yeah. know your your comment about the modern workplace, right? We've got to be the most distracted we've yeah. ever been with all the applications of the technology is wonderful, but every app is fighting for your attention and, and it's, you know, customers are more distracted, sellers are. And I think for, for, for individual sellers who are listening to this, you know, you've got to think about how you're going to manage your working environment to minimize distractions, to allow you to focus, but also for sales leaders listening to this, got to remember where you focus your people focus. So are you the cause of distraction sometimes to your sales team by firing emails out, dragging them into internal meetings when in fact you're just adding to the problem, you know, not, not helping it. So, you know, determine, I think the, the leadership piece is important. Once you've decided what those three to five or whatever number you choose, which obviously if you involve people in it, they're going to, they're going to be more bought on straight away. But I just remember doing a let's identify our top three priorities with a sales team when I was a fairly new sales manager and we we'd reorganized and we used to have three sales teams through three channels of trade and they decided to go geographically so the salesperson for Sheffield or Manchester or whatever would would move between different sectors during their working day that just meant the promotional activities because they were retail outlets the promotional calendar Every month, there was a big, thick book of all the printouts of all the promotions that my team had to kind of activate. And you could see them just losing it, right? 35 yeah. crazy promotions number. So like a smart sales manager, I got them all to determine. I said, what's our top three? We got them up on the flip chart. And I felt very proud of myself. And then one of my very experienced salespeople said, so let me just check it's in front of the team. If I do those three, you're not going to have a go or tell me off or reprimand me about number 27, number 28 on the list. And he put me right on the spot. And I remember the temptation was to go, well, of course, we do have to do them all, but these are the most important ones. And I just, luckily for me, decided to say, no, let's get these three boxed off and then let's just see what happened. And actually what happened is once the clutter was freed from their brains, they actually were far more, they did lots of the others as well, right? But the the three most important, if we got those right, we'd hit all of the necessary targets and things. Get the others. I know you don't like sales targets, Grahams, but uh, don't forget to listen into our two episodes where we fight over should you have sales targets or not so but actually this ties into that because if you if you had that sales target of you know we've got to achieve these uh, you know however many sales or a financial figure or whatever it is that actually that becomes too big a picture for anybody to manage and so you know there are as you say you know 20 30 different ways we could uh, attract people to buying yeah. and we go off in all directions we become that butterfly we don't concentrate whereas actually if we go well what are the three biggest ways we're going to um, achieve sales just do them yeah. then once we've done that what are the next three on the list and then do them for a week and then what's the next three on the list and do them and so as you get towards the end of the sales target period you haven't concentrated on the sales target because that's demotivating but you've actually probably exceeded your target because you've done these things step by step you can concentrate you can focus you know there is so much research that shows that when we focus when we're not distracted we perform hugely better than we do 
And yet you still see people, you know, I see people around me in the office who haven't switched on distraction-free writing in their word processor. So what happens is they've got all kinds of other things distracting them. They can't concentrate on writing. Whereas in the past, if they had a typewriter, there was nothing else. You know, it was a sheet of paper and you typed on it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, and now you've got a sheet of paper on the screen, effectively, but you've got all these other things coming at you. You've got grammar checking. You've got squiggly lines to tell you you might have misspelt it. You, nobody worried about that when you typed. Yeah, you just typed it on a typewriter, whereas now you're distracted by all these things. They stop you focusing, and we're far less productive and perform less well. And I think part of the job of a good leader is to manage the downsides of things, right? So technology is fantastic, and then uh, to the tech stack enables a lot of marketing and sales efforts. Yeah. But there'll also be the downside that you have to, you absolutely have to manage. And I think one of those downsides is a potential lack of focus yeah. amongst amongst your amongst your sales teams. So yeah, Mr. Jesson, thoughts, thoughts, comments from you, sir? Uh, no, other than just re repeating the message that. You know, this is about a number of small, achievable, yeah. incremental steps. Um, if you think how many sales directors would handle coaching an athlete who goes around a, uh, a circuit 400 metres, let's say, and uh, does it in 50 seconds, most sales directors would say, well, next year I'd like you to go around and do it in 35 seconds completely ridiculous mm -hmm. it is about small changes that are achievable and as graham said motivational that's the thing that yeah. will make the difference yeah. i get the same with sorry go on, graham. like i said i get the same with students at university who you know they they come in and say they're disappointed with their marks um, and they want to achieve these marks, you know, 20% higher or whatever it is. And they've got lots of feedback to help them get there. But they say, I don't know what to do because there's so many things I could do. So they just, a lot of them who don't come and see a lecturer will go, okay, I'll just be happy with those marks again. And I, I won't be bothered to change. Well, actually knowing if they did change, they would be better, but they don't know how to change. Um, and it all seems too big. And so I've got a little spreadsheet, which I show them, which says, if you just concentrate on one thing a week, yeah, you will go from getting, say, third class marks to first class marks, takes 16 weeks. Yeah, and so they see this as, you know, you're just concentrating on 1% improvement each week. Actually, it's really short to go from you know low level marks to very high level marks if you just make incremental improvements each week whereas they look at it and go oh this is all too much there's so many things i could do and i need to do and i've read a book on how to write essays and all the rest of it and there's just too much to do i don't know where to begin because they're looking at the big picture when they get there if they take those incremental steps when they get there they've done all of those things without realizing they have because they've just focused on one at a time I remember seeing um, the Olympic swimmer Adrian Morehouse speaking one time and telling a story. He was talking about coaching at the time, but he had a swimming coach when he was, you know, swimming back home in his, you know, regional, uh, the regional level. <clears throat> and um, his coach asked him one time, so why do you keep turning up? What's your motivation? Why? And he said, oh, I want to win a gold medal in the Olympics, like Mark Spitz, you know, the guy with the American guy around the mall. And his coach, he said, Adrian Morehouse said two very interesting things. One, he didn't say, 
don't be stupid. Hardly anybody wins a gold medal. <clears throat> but he didn't say that. What he said was, oh, okay, well, first of all, you need to win the regional championships. So he was kind of like, to your point, let's yeah. just get this bagged. And then if we get the regional, then maybe you can compete at this level. And then we can go there rather than, like you say, Phil, let's let's cut the time in half or something, which yeah. is, there is, we know, Graham and I, we've talked about this. There is There is some research in psychology that suggests people having a, having a go at unattainable goals often it stretches people's performance further than if they went for more realistic goals but i think you know you've got to you've got to balance that quite carefully you can certainly have a culture of ambition and and you know shooting for the stars but along the way if that's your outcome goal you've got a lot of process goals that are under people's control they'll also feel a sense of accomplishment which we know the research of frederick hertzberg shows is a big contributor to people's morale and motivation so feeling you know the end of every week they've made progress on things that matter i think is is great for the business great for the sales numbers and, and also great for the motivation of the motivation of the people it's a, it's a bit like when you watch britain's got talent or american idol the, the people who are on there, you know, auditioning will say, you know, they've been singing in clubs or whatever for years and they want to, you know, go on to Broadway or whatever it is. Um, and people often go, you know, they see these people and go, oh, they're an overnight sensation. It was an overnight that took 20 years of gradual yes. improvement. Yes. And so the people who really succeed at that are the people who've, you know, they, they've sung in pubs first. They've then gone on to bigger clubs. They've then gone on to regional theatre. They've then gone on to, you know, and they go and that way they they get to their ultimate goal of what they want. But the people who win these talent shows are not overnight sensations. Those are people who have been doing this for a very long time, but they've improved incrementally until they get there. Yeah. So I think this so this applies developmentally, I think we've said also from a performance point of view, from maximizing people's contribution of potential as well, is be very clear on what people need to achieve and why. Probably involve them in the creation of the prioritization, because then they've got some skin in the game and then keep an unrelenting focus on those most important things and protect them from the distractions or minimize the distractions as best as best you as best you can i'm reminded of a little motto that i saw one time with apologies to any vegetarians or vegans uh, listening and the phrase was if you chase two rabbits both will escape which is an interesting thought about got to be focused on keeping the main thing the main thing so hopefully you have enjoyed that episode, dear listeners. There are 260 or so uh, other episodes available for your listening pleasure in the Sales Chat Show Back Library, available from wherever you prefer to download or access your podcasts from. And if you do uh, subscribe to the Sales Chat Show podcast, you'll be notified every time we release a new episode, which we do on a regular basis so thank you very much for listening in folks good luck and good selling and hope this episode has left you suitably focused you have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling <laughs>